Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist this is, is Fucking Killing, killing me. me. I'm Rainy. I'm Corinne. And welcome back, y'all. It's freezing outside. It's <laughs> fucking cold. <laughs> Fuck Toronto Canadian winters. It's yeah. Honestly. Feels like minus 34. Everyone's freezing. No one wants to leave their house. And do you know what? Take a fucking personal day for yourself if you need to because <laughs> no one's going out there. And it took me 15 minutes to get an Uber today. 15? Yeah. Ah. Nobody's on the road. Nobody wants to drive. I mean... Sometimes it's when it gets this cold, it's like unsafe to be outside. So I feel that. So take that personal day. Watch all the Netflix. Yeah. Don't feel bad about it. Listen to this. <laughs> Meal prep. Do you, girl. And boy. Great. <laughs> I was scrolling through Facebook, looking through auditions the other day and came across three separate audition calls that all had audition fees. Such a money grab. Which makes me fucking furious. It's not... The people auditioning for you responsibility to cover the cost of facilities or cover the cost of who you're bringing in. Exactly. That's up to you holding the audition or you, the company. Nobody in the acting world, you don't pay to go to an audition. You don't pay to go to a cattle call. You shouldn't. Exactly. That's like the first thing they teach you is like never pay anybody money yeah. right off the bat. No. That's an agency, whether that's an audition. Yeah. Nothing. There's don't some... give anybody money until you get money. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Made me so mad. Anyway, the stop one that, it. Yeah. And the one that makes me the most mad is Springboard. Oh, yeah. That's such a bullshit <laughs> one. Because you pay so much to get there. It's $35. Yeah. I, like, calculated today. I was like, if they see 400 dancers in their f- four different locations that they audition, it's like $15,000 that they're taking in through. And they see more than that. Yeah. And they stop in, like, <laughs> sorry. I'm going to, like, throw Springboard out of the bus here a little bit. But, like, they stop in New York first and, like, take so many dancers and leave very limited spots for their Canadian people. Right. Every single time, every single year, I feel like that's happened. Mm-hmm. So, Springboard Man. Get it fucking together. Yeah. It's also so expensive to go there during yeah. the summer. Yes. So expensive. Why is it so expensive to Please go there? Please make it more reasonable for artists that like might not have the means to pay that that are super talented. Right. It's and like, you're supposed to be supporting art in Canada and supporting artists and you have this prestige with you and you know you do great things, you produce great artists, but like it's not feasible for a lot of people to take a month off during the summer because Right. And then not get paid. Yeah. And pay thousands of dollars to be there. It's awful. Yeah. For a lot of people, and they never, a lot of people don't get jobs after it. It's mm. not guaranteed. Right. You know, it looks great on your resume, and I'm sure you're really talented if you're going there, but. Right. Some things to consider. That being said, yeah. <laughs> um, our dear, dear friend Madison Burgess has a show coming up. Yes. And we're super excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Indispensable. Tickets are on sale, and please it, go buy a ticket. If you can't make it, go donate to the Indiegogo page. We'll share it on our page. Mm-hmm. Um, there's three different show dates, Friday, February 15th at 8 p.m., Saturday, February 16th at 8 p.m., and Sunday, February 17th at 8 p.m. Right. And tickets are super reasonable, $15 for CATA members, students, arts workers, and $20 for general public. And you can go to the Indiegogo page and uh, donate towards that, and there are some benefits for that. You could get two free tickets. Right. You could get anything. Shout out on social media. Mm-hmm. Thank you, card. Yeah. <laughs> so please go support local artists and yeah. come to the show. And you, I'm in it. Ray's yeah. in it. <laughs> I'm in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this week we have on photographer and dance dancer 
her nanny, Segra. Yes. What a sweet boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was very lovely. Yeah. Let's get into it. Though. Yeah. We'll get it right started. Anyway, go support Madison show and Please. stop charging people for additions. Yeah. Fuck with that. With love. <laughs> <laughs> so my name is her nanny, Segra. Uh, I'm a 27 year old, uh, male living in Toronto. <laughs> sorry, sorry, you said not your Tinder profile. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I work as an emerged nurse, but uh, as an artist, I'm a multidisciplinary artist that focuses on photography and, um, and uh, dancing. Uh, I focus a lot on, on advocating for dancers and caring about their path in terms of professionalism. So uh, if you ever need guidance or if you ever need any thoughts, uh, hit me up. I definitely, if I don't know, then I know other people who know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, uh, I think the one thing that, that, like, I think in any arts community is that it's, it, again, it's very close. You, you kind of heard of them or you know of them kind of Right. Thing. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I think as artists, we kind of like to keep ourselves secluded at sometimes as well too yeah so you have the small circle of like you know artists that you like to work with or that you're with yeah and then then it expands to like a bigger community as well too but like in photography it's it's questionable because i find that now a lot of people are are stating that they're photographers and Mm -hmm. they're you know it's it's a easily accessible market now especially with instagram and and the social media aspect as well too Mm -hmm. everyone wants to call themselves social influencers or totally or like, you know, um, like content creators and stuff like that, which is good. I mean, that means that a lot more people have access to the ability to to create and, and make art for themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of a certain degree of whether or not it becomes professional or right. amateur, then there's a, there's a varying degree of amount of people, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think you start realizing who's actually there and who's actually not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's in it for um, the, the love fame. of it or who's in it for the fame <laughs> yeah. or... Who's in there to actually want to make a living out of it? And there's a difference in all of those varying degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find like as the camera equipment gets better and it gets a little bit more affordable and more accessible to more people that saturates the market as well? Or you view that as like a positive thing? Um, To me, I think it's a positive thing. Uh, It depends on how you look at it. Um, There are negative aspects and positive aspects. I think the positive thing would be like, Yay, like more people are really into photography and they're taking pictures and they're enjoying that, like the, yeah. just the love of photography. Then you look at the professional aspect and it's like, yes, oversaturation is very difficult and people will be like, oh, you know, I have a friend who takes photos. I'm just going to hire them. Yeah. So and so and whatnot. But I think as an artist, and I think this comes to like what you're saying about like looking at other da- dancers and all of that stuff as well too. It's like, you know, you, you look at other people's work and you look at other stuff and you kind of like, question yourself frequently yeah and I think and I just posted it something where it's like you kind of have to have that sense of confidence and a lot of people may view it as arrogance but I think you have to have that sense of confidence to believe in yourself because at the end of the day if you don't believe in yourself it's hard for people to other like others to believe in yourself as well too and then on top of that how do you conduct yourself and how do you value your work mm-hmm. and you gotta just keep pushing that because if, if anything it's like it's like if we consistently try to swindle and try to gain, like, oh, okay, I'll get this gig because it's like, you know, free exposure or like, like, oh, I, I need the, I need the extra quick buck or whatever. You're selling yourself short, and I think that's like that devalues you, you, what your work is, mm-hmm. and also you're constantly, I guess, 
for me, like when I think of luck, I think of luck as being probability mm -hmm. and the amount of times you put yourself in a situation, no matter what it is, you'll get to where you need to be. But if you consistently put yourself out there as cheap and, you know, kind of I'm going to work for free and all this stuff, you're going to consistently get people that mm -hmm. want you to work for free and whatnot. Right. Right. You're not only like devaluing your devaluing your work, you're devaluing the entire like industry at the same time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And I think there's a there's a responsibility as well for that. And don't get me wrong, like when you start out like in any kind of like art field or whatever, because um, I also dance as well too and do a lot of these other things, right? You have to do, I guess, certain varying degrees of free work. But the to me, it's like if you're going to do free work, then that free work should be like the epitome of what your work is going to be. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be... You shouldn't sell yourself short. You should put it 100% yeah. and be like, this is what I'm going to show my next client and they're going to hire me because it's good work. Yeah. Right. Right. You need to be interested into it and like happy with the product that is produced. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. I also think that like there's a collaborative aspect to that free work so that you can have it to, as your own, either to show or to sell or to reproduce or... Right, like it's all of yours in that process because no one's getting paid. Yeah, exactly. Right? Right? Yeah, and it's 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 crazy because it's like, I don't know. Do you get no AC Mensa? No, no. Okay, so lovely woman, and I think she's like incredibly like talented and hardworking as well too. She's been in the industry for quite some time as well too. Uh, she's now more so centered in the Afro culture scene. Mm -hmm. uh, she's I, I I would feel one of the forefront of of that uh, culture as well as that dance style. Um, and she dances at uh, Joy of Dance, usually. She teaches there. And she's done a, a, a show called Shades. And, you know, just understanding and listening to her as well, too, and just what she's done. Um, she says one thing that, that really stuck to me, and I, I've always liked to keep it, like, you know, if I'm going to tell someone any guidance or whatever, if they're going to do a project or whatever, do this. Like, follow mm. this. And she's like, just follow the three Ps, Right which is people, price, and project. Yeah. If you're going to do, right? Like, yeah, if yeah. you're going to do anything, it's like, you have to look at it. It's a win-win situation if you get two out of the three, mm. right? If, if people are great and the price is great, but the project isn't good, okay, you're not going to put it in your portfolio or show your people that, you mm -hmm. know, the clientele or whatever, but you get paid well and you work with some great, amazing people. Mm -hmm. Vice versa when you mix and match it. Right. But don't yeah. waste your energy if there's nothing in that for you. Exactly. Those three aren't included. Exactly. Then you're just like doing it and you're just like aging yourself, mm -hmm. I think. Like, <laughs> like, exactly. And you're just like mumbling under your breath to like get yourself through it. Yeah. And you're probably not like giving you a, you know, the best version of yourself to that. Totally. And you're not going to get hired by those whoever's around surrounding you. Exactly. That's not the case, right? And like as an artist, like it's like your work is an expression of yourself. So it's like it hurts you even more if it's like not fulfilling you in, in that aspect as totally. well too, right? Mm -hmm. And then that's where you spiral into like, you know, having issues, you know, mental uh, illness or like uh, self-esteem issues and yeah. stuff like that. I never want to put myself in there again. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had issues with it in the past? Oh my God, yeah. several. Uh, <laughs> yeah, several times actually. Um, so I'm, I'm a huge advocate for like the dance community as well too. Uh, I've run some organized, like, uh, organized events as well too. I'm mainly like in the street styles mm -hmm. uh, aspect as well as kind of the... I would say, I don't know how to term this, but I would say urban choreography. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys follow it, but like 
there's a lot of choreographers in LA or like west of California that started this whole like movement of like big group competitions and you would be part of it or you'd choreograph for it. Mm-hmm. So that was a big advocate for that in terms of just building um, the dance community here. Uh, I know a lot of organizers and events that um, that uh, host a lot of that as well too. Mm-hmm. And um, I think everyone's integral. Everyone has their own ways, but everyone has an, an integral part in the community, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like starting those events, did you, is there an event like that in Toronto? Yeah. I just, um, so just I think a few months ago, there was a event called Final Stretch. It used to be uh, Urban Rumble, the organizer who ran it, but now it's uh, Final Stretch. And there's actually a large community um, where you get like people on stage, maybe like 40 dancers or whatnot. Right. Now, the degree of professionalism or it's more so recreational in right. that aspect, mm-hmm. but there are people that have uh, eventually um, are trying to build a career out of it as a choreographer or um, as someone who uh, would teach around the world uh, their right. own style of dancing. Um, so yeah, it's been going on for several years now. Um, I don't know, maybe like eight years or so. Yeah. Um, so what yeah. came first, like the dance or the photography for you? Oh, the dance for sure. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. dance was, uh, I think, the biggest aspect uh, into actually helping me get into photography and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, it, it, my, my dancing career kind of stunted uh, when I was in a relationship. Um, and I focus a lot on nursing because I work as a, as a full-time nurse as well, too. Um, and so I just focus on my studies and whatnot. But I was working part-time as a dancer as well, too. It was just so hard to, like because of my, I guess, my parents and my upbringing, they wanted me to have that kind of, like, safe, secure education. Normie, normie, norm life. Yeah. Quote, unquote. Exactly, right? (laughs) And I was, like, uh, torn in between the two. And nursing was great. I love helping people. Mm -hmm. It's it's something that I enjoy doing, even as of now. Um, But I've always been very passionate about dancing. And I think my dad was, like, listen, I know you love dance, all this stuff. Just finish nursing. Once you get that, go on and do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so eventually from there, dancing came into being. And then I needed another creative outlet because I think uh, dancing-wise, people around me being toxic and all this other stuff, and it was just kind of getting to my head. Mm-hmm. And so I used photography as a way of kind of expressing myself and expressing what I like to do. And I love working with a lot of dancers when it comes to photography just because photography in my mindset is you have to capture it at the moment kind of thing so being able to capture a dancer in the moment and making that very very beautiful is like ah. (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. gives you a little bit like joy yeah Yeah. different types of joy though between the two do you find or similar i think i think if you're if like um thinking at it as like a multidisciplinary kind of artist um and mixing the two has been such a great thing for me like dancing in general gives me that freedom of space and movement to kind of um think on the spot as well as uh just get in tune with music Mm -hmm. but then photography is kind of a different aspect where it's like you have to figure out lighting and you have to figure out like you know um how am I going to create this project and make it um something else more than just what I regularly see right right right. and I think on top of that it's it's cool because then from dancing I learned how to just think on the spot Mm-hmm. When it comes to photography, and in photography, it's like um, it's made my dancing a lot more structured mm-hmm. uh, and controlled. When it comes to being like, all right, I know where my pathways are going to be. I know how I'm going to move this and move my arms and figure this out. Yeah, yeah. Super interesting. So it's like you're thinking about 
let me get this straight. You're thinking about when you're dancing, you're thinking about it from a photography aspect. And by that, do you mean getting like those, making sure like everything's like a picture perfect? Yeah. Kind of like some in terms of like symmetry or in terms of like vibe. Is that what you're thinking about? Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly. Like yeah. symmetry and just being able to, cause I like, I don't know. Back then when like you start freestyling, I don't know, as a kid, when you start freestyling, I'm kind of just all over the place. Mm -hmm. And like you start realizing that like the the melody, the um, the mixture between dancing with the music and, and being able to be aware of your body and being aware of your audience as well too. Mm -hmm. um, being able to see that they won't be able to understand, if it's just the general public, they won't be able to understand where your musicality is and where this is going to be, but they understand pictures or they understand the process behind it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where photography kind of just helped me with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. I've noticed that, um, I like creeping your Instagram. <laughs> um, yeah. you work with like a lot of colors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where's that coming from or is that just something you're interested in? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was really interesting cause I guess for me, it was like, before it was like, okay, I'd shoot lifestyle, I'd do, you know, I'd shoot outside, I'd take pictures of people, and it was like more for a journalism aspect. And then from there, I started shooting um, studio portraits. And the way the lighting is and the mechanisms behind that, you know, that really intrigued me. But at the same time, too, I was so much more intrigued in like, how do I create a mood with just lighting? And yes, it's simple if you're doing black and white or just typical lighting mm -hmm. but then I wanted to go further on top of that and I love love seeing colors and I love seeing the contrast behind all of those things and I don't know it creates it creates a visual uh like aesthetic please for me mm -hmm. when I see the colors meld together and be like okay this describes this person in that certain moment mm -hmm. right and I think that's what like I enjoyed when it came to colors and like using the colors yeah in terms of my photography right yeah when you're doing photography for a specific client or you're trying to, you're, you've been booked for something and there's an out, like an output, mm -hmm. basically, mm -hmm. do you feel like that adds extra pressure to your, you as like an artist? Sorry. If you've been commissioned for something, if you've been yeah. like booked for a gig and they're like, this is what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, I always try to cater a lot to the client as well, too. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my work, if it's based off of my client or my um what do you call it? Um, if my client wants the work that I post out, then uh, for me, it's it's a lot more easier because I'm like, okay, well, I know what I like and I know what I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's more of so just having that discussion with the client and be like, all right, this is what I can do. And this is what makes sense. Right. And I think um, majority of the clients, when you get them, um, you have to, for my understanding, you have to educate them and you kind of have to treat them like they're new to this. Unless they've worked with several photographers and I'm like, okay, then... I think the conversation's a lot easier, but I usually try to go with the client and try to figure out what they're looking for mm -hmm. uh, in terms of that. Like if it's like commission for like, you know, like an art kind of like uh, mm -hmm. photography, um, I feel like you have to have that confidence in yourself to be like, I'm going to produce something that you like. Right. Right. Um, if it's like for just like typical gigs, like, you know, event photography or just headshots or whatever, it's, it's more so catering to them because they're going to be using it for mm -hmm. their right. stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I like love your work. It's beautiful. It's very clear. Thanks. It's very colorful. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I plan to do more work like that as well too. Um, there, I don't know if you guys saw the 
one that I did, it was a, a while back, um, but of the body painting. Yes. Yeah. With like the black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Like very, yeah. So I want to add color into that. Yeah. I'm excited to do it. Um, but Dude, do you have somebody that did the body painting or did you do that? Yeah. So, um, uh, a wonderful artist, and I'm going to shout him out. His name's Amstro. Um, he's a, a wonderful, um, calligraphy artist. And uh, the the premise behind um, the work that we did together was, uh, again, I was in the lull. I was kind of feeling down and whatnot. Mm. And um, I'm the type of guy that values a lot of my relationships. And I've lost a lot of people in my life in the past, you know, few months mm. and years. And I wanted to do something that, you know, kind of portrayed to people that... Um, that intimacy and relationships should be valued and just how fast and fleeting that is. Mm -hmm. And so the work that I portrayed, I, we didn't show much of it. Uh, we just showed the single shots, but we actually worked uh, with a bunch of different uh, dancers and models as well too. And um, we wanted to showcase how relationships, being by themselves is beautiful, but being together creates this like... A different type of energy. Exactly, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the way, because they're nude and everything was because of the fact that we just thought that, you know, skin is the most intimate mm -hmm. kind of um, way to be in a relationship with somebody. And so we, we did that and we, I collaborated with, uh, with Ray on this to uh, showcase that and showcase like how beautiful it is to, um, you know, have that importance of a relationship and how art and everything else can blossom through it, right? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to mix all of whatever my passions were together, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's stunning. Really, really stunning. Mm -hmm. His, the artist that he's talking about, Instagram, is like also incredible. Yeah. Like all of the work he does in the large scale, right. like installations. Oh, yeah. He's, he's one of like the artists that I would say that I look up to. Um, funny enough, we're kind of the same age, but like, you know, I think we bounce off each other as well too, and he's very good in, in terms of like professionalism and business too, right? Because um, he's like, how should I say this? He doesn't want to be that starving artist, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. That, that he, we both agree that the starving artist mentality isn't the mentality that we want to portray, nor do we want to like, advocate for, right? Right? Yeah, um, yeah totally. Yeah, because artists putting a label on something that has been like taking advantage of, right? Yeah, like, exactly. I guess like putting that starving artist label and talking about the starving artist label, it just is like encouraging Joes who aren't artists to call you that and yeah, then yes. to not have to pay you the right amount. Exactly. It's like it's reinforce, reinforcing a stereotype, mm -hmm. right? And it's so detrimental to any community yeah. right. you know, to have that reinforced. It kind of romanticizes it, right? Yes, oh, exactly. I'm like, I'm like a starving artist, like... You know, woe is me, or right, know. and then everybody's like, "Oh, they're so cool." Yeah, <laughs> and you're just like, "No, they, like you can't pay your bills that way." Yeah, I'm like, you can't how? live a life. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, artists are cool, but like, <laughs> <laughs> they are. the thing is, it's like the romanticizing of the starving yeah. artist. It's yes. like, why do we have to romanticize about a person who's starving in terms of their work? When, you know, there are other millions of artists out here that are making a living and doing what they love right. to do, mm -hmm. right? In terms of what they love to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's just setting that role model, right? And I don't know why it's so reversed for majority of the times. It's just like, it's, it boggles my mind sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when you shoot with people, do you, is it usually you approaching them or they're approaching you? It's vice really? versa. Yeah. Um, usually, like, I have a set group of like if I have a project or an idea of my own, mm. um, I'm like, okay, I think this person would be great. I would love to reach out to this person, mm -hmm. hit them up, and let's do something together. Mm -hmm. um, uh, 
Um, it's also kind of just a, a creative like collaboration where it's like I need to practice my skills and sharpen my knife kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, and so there are a few people that I love to work with and I always hit out. Like I know there's a, uh, the recent person that I shot, uh, Holly, a uh, great dancer. Um, and so for her, it's more so like we have this just mutual relationship. It's like you come in with bomb ass clothing. Yeah. You look great She's all so the time. She's stylish all the time. Exactly, right? And I'm like... <laughs> let's work on this, let's shoot, and let's figure something out, right? Mm -hmm. And that helps me out in terms of like, okay, and Feeling styling time. and figuring things out. Mm -hmm. And then there are other people, clientele-wise, that they reach out to me and we do a shoot together. And um, for that for that mar more so, I try to give them a little bit more of their own right. um, ideas and creative because they're commissioning me, unless it's like, I want you to do what you do best. Then I'm like, all right, okay, then yeah. I'll do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Depending on what their idea is. Exactly, yeah. When you were working with um, the models in the one sheet that you were talking about with the talking about intimacy, mm -hmm, yeah. um, did you have to approach people to do those shoots, or were people when you talked to people about it were they open to just coming on board with you on that? Yeah, actually, you know what it was it was really interesting because there's um, again not to like I guess um, uh, boast or whatever, but um, when I sent out the um, the call for uh, shooting with me. A lot of people were very interested. And then it was kind of just going through the motions of, um, are you available? What are your thoughts on this? This is what we're going to be doing. And mm -hmm. do you feel comfortable in it, right? And a lot of them, uh, for the most part, were really comfortable with it. Uh, I think that's why I really like working with artists and, and um, with, a, with a lot of dancers because um, they see it as more of an art form rather than anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it was, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be to find, uh, people to work with us. Right. Yeah. And then in terms of like setting the, like the mood <laughs> for yeah. that day, was it challenging or was it uncomfortable or was it, like there any awkwardness at all? Um, <clears throat> I think at first it was a little bit awkward for people. Yeah. Sure. Um, but it was really, I think satisfying for them, um, as well as for me as well too. Um, once they start seeing, cause I gave them like visuals, like um, images that they would see and be like, okay, so this is kind of what you guys are working yeah. with. So they kind of knew what they were going into. Mm -hmm. um, but from the most part, all the feedback that I got from it, from the models, they were really comfortable. They enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just, you know, uh, me and Emstro were very uh, focused on making sure that the models were very comfortable because this is very, um, I guess for some people, very touchy. It's it, Right, you're usually right nude. now. Especially, yeah. 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 Do you find that there's a lot of responsibility for you as a as a photographer to make sure that like boundaries are clear and everything is like on the table and understood? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like especially with um, I mean with the Me Too movement and um, just like other people being called out for certain things as well too. Terry Richards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and so and and I think as a as a professional, you have to set those boundaries straight and you have to make sure that. They know that we're here to work, and rather than anything else, we're not going to use your image explicitly for other things. It's more so let's focus on this and let's mm -hmm. get the job done, and let's create something beautiful so that we can share it with the world, kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I, talking with the models, I again, I, I laid it out clearly for them. Yeah. Like this is this is what you're to be expected. Mm -hmm. If you feel comfortable with this, let me know. If you don't feel comfortable with this, let me know as well too. Mm -hmm. And it was in an enclosed studio space as well too. Yeah. And I think we made it we made it very, very apparent to have more females um, that were working with us, not the models, but like makeup artists and whatnot. Oh, yeah. So that, you know, they feel more comfortable that, you know, there's a there's a female presence other than themselves there. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. And I think that was very, very important. 
Yeah. yeah. And that's it wasn't... That, sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. That's something that you guys thought about? We're like, we... Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, just because, again, with the with the Aziz Ansari, all of these different things with accusations as well, too, everything can be seen and perceived in a different way. And mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to make sure that that was clear with the process that we were doing is that this is you're, you're going to feel safe when we're here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. We were recently talking about the issue with like, have you heard about the Bruce Monk one? What, no. What's that one? It's like a ballet photographer who was like hired by like the Royal Winnipeg Ballet to shoot like images of like in the life of the ballerinas mm-hmm. or, like behind the scenes. So right. he was like granted all this access. Yeah. And then these, from like my understanding, this is what happened, is that um, they would send the dancers when they were like 16 to get headshots with him. Mm-hmm. And it would just kind of like spiral into like these like nude shoots. Oh, that's not And cool. then he would right. sell them after, he sold the images after. Oh, no, no, So now no, there's no. like this huge lawsuit yeah. happening. Yeah. Within the, the Winnipeg Ballet. Oh, really? school, so like minors. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's yeah. Like, yeah, it's really awful. So that's like the biggest Canadian one I know right. that's yeah. happening. I don't yeah. know about any other ones really besides like that and the Terry Richards. There's another one too that's happening with photographers, right? Well, you know I what? I think it's just like well known like and like huge now. Yeah, it's like true. all these all these uh, like well known Instagram photographers as well too. A lot of models are speaking out and all this mm. stuff as well too. And that's what I'm saying is that like I would never do a nude shoot, nor do I do like any kind of different shoot mm. unless they're comfortable with it. And we've discussed ahead of time this is what we're doing. Yeah, from right. what I know and understand, because um, a lot of female photographer, uh, not photographers, female models that come up to me as well too. Um, and again, uh, I you know uh, this is verbatim from what they said is that they felt very comfortable with uh, with us um, with with just me for example uh, mm. just working with them, um, and I try to make it very inclusive as well as safe. And I don't I what I would say is that I would ask them, do you feel comfortable with this pose? Do you feel comfortable with this? This is the idea we're going for, and you have to lay it out in front of them. Rather than like it goes turns Surprise to them. exactly because yeah. I know I know a lot of photographers, and like I would I'm gonna say it like sleazy photographers as well too. They'd be mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, just come blah blah, we'll shoot together, and you know all this stuff, and then they have a full setup and they're in a hotel and all this other stuff, and I'm like, why like why would why would you do that? It's you know, weird. yeah, exactly. And you have to do it, and you have to check in more than once. Yeah, right. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. Through the entire process, in case somebody's Definitely. feelings change, exactly. I literally like, made my skin crawl with like the hotel room <laughs> thing that you're just talking about. I was like, oh, it does. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just to me, it's not cool because it's just like I would never want to be put in a situation like that as well, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Where it's like, oh, you know, do this, boo, and then they come with like a full lingerie like outfit for them, and I'm like, you planned this, like you literally went and like thought about doing this to this person, like that's screwed up. And also, how many people? Yeah, <laughs> right? more than once. Like this is a rehearsed plan. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I just to me, it's just like if you want to get famous and 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 do well in in, in you know Instagram and photography because sex sells or whatever. Go ahead, do you do what you yeah. want to do. But to be honest with you, there is going to be a moment in time where your reputation and everything else will go down. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, does sex sell anymore on Instagram? Like, there's so many like, right? Like, I, of those shoots, just it's so easily accessible right now, right? Yeah. Even like, yeah. you literally just like search anything on Instagram. It's like women in bathing suits, women in lingerie, girls in this, like right. you know, mm-hmm. men in, you know, in speedos. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the thing that like doesn't sell because it's super oversaturated now is like the typical beautiful skinny 
mostly white, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. blonde, like lady yeah. model. Like you see that everywhere yeah. and yeah. you're over it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's really interesting is all of like the diverse models that are coming up. Coming yeah. Up in totally. Her, right. Like that's really interesting. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like even within that like sex sales thing, there it does because it's different. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I hope that, you know, things have changed and people don't view as like, you know, sex sells kind of thing, right? Mm. Um, so that's the one thing. I've just been maintaining what I like to do. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you, if you, if you're about it, cool. If you're not about it, that's okay. I'm going to move on and live my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever been put in a situation that made you uncomfortable while working? When working? Oh, several times. Oh my gosh. Like even working as a dancer too, mm-hmm. there'd be moments where I'd be working with certain choreographers and I'd be like, I don't feel safe around you. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, um, it's just, um, I don't know. It's, it's weird, but like, you know, there's a lot of, um, <clears throat> I guess, uh, male, uh, choreographers that are not obviously, um, they're uh, homosexuals and, and they view other dancers a certain way. And from the stories that I hear, plus also my own experience as well too, I, it just feels, it's just not cool to be in a working environment where you have to feel uncomfortable. I don't think anybody should ever be like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and if you have issues like that, I think you should vocalize it. And if you don't get the job or you don't get the work because of that, I, I think it's it's a it's a good riddance kind of thing, mm-hmm. rather than like you know I have to suck it up and kind of deal with it, right? right. Yeah, but definitely no, I don't ever want to be in that situation again. So I try to myself to avoid those situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know that I try to like make a conscious effort about like not auditioning or working for people that I've heard mm-hmm. like bad mm-hmm. rehearsal stories from or bad situations right. from. Right. Yeah. And like. That's taken me a while because it's, I mean, like when you're young, you're just like, whatever, that's like their opinion. That's their experience. Exactly, but like yeah. if you, and like, yeah, you have to take it for who it's from and what the, what it is and maybe exactly. the experience that that person was having. But mm-hmm. it's, I think you have to be like a little bit more hyper aware now, yeah. or maybe that's just yeah. like something that comes with experience and like getting older, you don't want to do work that puts you in an uncomfortable situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Or you just like you're finally noticing what's uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like I know so much more about myself and my, just like my body in general yeah. now than I did two years ago. Mm-hmm. Totally even, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. the things that make me happy now or make me uncomfortable now versus then are very different. Right. right? right. You're like your eyes are just opened and you're like, wow, I can never do that again. Yeah. It's definitely experience. Like, yes, my God, there was, <laughs> there's been moments where I felt like, like and I've worked I've worked with like a dance company for like a few years before and like there'd be moments where I just felt like incredibly uncomfortable or I'm like is this right for me to be treated like this mm-hmm. and and as you're younger you're kind of like you you're know you're uncomfortable all the time when you're younger right <laughs> exactly. so you're like oh maybe this is normal yeah right and yeah. and I think that's what's screwed up is that like we we you know. I don't know if you guys know this, but like the dance community, even what they teach you in school, it's all technique, but they don't really teach you about like, you know, the social aspects or the business aspects mm-hmm. of what it is to, to be a dancer or to be an artist and how to live that life. Right. No, so a lot of the times you think this is like normal or this is what's supposed to be happening. Right. right? 
and like I'm supposed to embrace that. I'm like, no, oh, I don't want to. We both came from university dance programs. Okay, yeah. We can attest that they do not teach you those things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that's that's horrible because I have a lot of friends as well too that came from the university dance program. Uh, Carmen Chan, Mayumi um, Lashbrook as well too, um, and you know they 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 are in the same boat. Like they, they didn't learn any of this stuff. Like they had to learn how to do their own taxes, eventually like yeah. build that up, right? But like that took several years. Like why is it not part of the curriculum? You know, why is it brought up and why is it not being part of our culture to understand that that's important? Right. The yeah. Support yeah. that's needed to be an artist. You don't learn. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Yeah. I really hope that it changes in like the next like 10 years. Cause it'll be like a new flux of teachers coming in. Right. Cause all these teachers that have tenure will die. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or retire. Sorry, Don't be so right. morbid. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, um, I don't know. It's like, to me, it's like what you guys are doing is important, right? Like, I think we need to have spaces like this um, and other community leaders and uh, advocates that really discuss these hard questions, these mm-hmm. situations. And for all the reasons and cases, maybe call some people out, you know, because... Yeah, we struggle with that, yeah. about calling people out, because we, yeah. I mean, it's super interesting, because mm-hmm. yes. we record this podcast, Yeah, and, you know, we... Hear things? We hear things. <laughs> always, <laughs> like, always. And especially sometimes when the mics go off, yeah. it's, it's like, like instantly into it's a, a different story. person. Yeah. 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 Oh, did you hear so-and-so? Did you hear this yeah. and this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, like, for us, we're like, oh, yeah, like, obviously... we. I completely understand, like, why you wouldn't want to, like, call this company out for, like, sending people overseas and not paying them or whatever that bullshit is. But, like, and I understand it from, like, your perspective, but also, like, we all... It's important to... It's important to call people out. Yeah. Yeah. Because if nobody knows what's going on, nothing's going to change. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Right? It's like, it's... I'm going to quit it to the... Me Too movement, right? Right, right. You have to call that shit out. Yeah, it has to make it be be a big yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think one thing though I've realized about the the women in the Me Too movement as well too, and, and it's just just kind of being an observant from that. I think it's like they also, from my perspective as well too, just legally and understanding it behind the scenes kind of thing. It's like they had to make sure that like when this happens or this blows, that like there's a full backing support kind of thing. Yes, yes. everything's. Right? in its place yeah, to make sure right. it doesn't just get swept back under the rug. Exactly, because yes. it's so easily swept under the rug if it's just one person saying it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Because it's like, oh, you know, blah, blah, they're just trying to get money or whatever like that, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, consecutively, now women are starting to feel more comfortable and they're going to do it. Right. So there's a person that's catalyzing it, but I'm sure in the back of my mind that they've discussed this as well too, to be like, all right, this is the plan. This is how we're going to do it. There's mm-hmm. a secret society of women just ready to shift. Yeah. Secret society. <laughs> the Time's Up movement. Yeah. Natalie Portman's involved for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Alyssa Milano. But that's like the weird thing is that it wasn't Me Too started because it was Alyssa Milano posted something like a hashtag me too. And then it spiraled. And then I think yeah. the times that movement started, which is maybe the, the secret collective of women. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's good yeah. because you know, with social media and kind of like the whole idea of globalization, it's like we're able to contact each other easier. Yeah. Yes. Right. And it's so much more easier and evident to see that. So me too movement and all this stuff. So it's like now there's a, there's a, how should I say it? There's a point of source or contact that people can go to now and be like hey i've experienced this blah blah blah, so and so and then 
you get this whole huge amount of like movement going. A lot of it's like social movements that we can kind of, you know, um, see and push much faster than it was before, mm-hmm. right? Um, because now it's it's decentralized. Like before, like sending emails, like how would you know if like a person from here, right? You know, so much more easier with social media. Be like, hey, I've I've done I've blah blah blah. Yeah. I have felt this way. I'm gonna send you a DM or like you know, now I know where your point of contact of information right. is, right? Yeah. Yeah, I get concerned though that sometimes like these words like the Me Too or whatever they become these like buzzwords mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that yeah. are easily swept under. Often, like oh, these yeah, buzzwords yeah. that just get like thrown out there. Yeah. That obviously the Me Too movement is huge and like I fully support and it's great. But I get super concerned about like everything that's coming out now. Like there's so much coming out. Right. How do we make sure that the things that are really important? Mm-hmm. to us and that we value become ma- better and we how do we c- continue to like along the road of ma- like making it better and keep fighting when there's all these new me too's popping up mm-hmm. like all these two li- new yeah. little buzzwords popping up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think like the place where all of that is going to be distinguished is um through nuanced conversations and through like degrees of severity mm-hmm. right like harvey weinstein Huge. um yeah. yeah. Who's the other one? Uh, Comedian. Oh, uh, Bill Crosby. Bill Crosby are yeah. like right up here, but like, mm-hmm. there's degrees of separation between them and like someone saying a bad sex joke. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and we have to recognize that there's differences. Right. Yeah. Aziz. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, which was a weird situation, and you know, whatever. Yeah. We don't have to get into that conversation, but there's degrees of separation and there's degrees of severity, and we have to treat them as so. Exactly. They're not all Bill Cosby's. Exactly. And we can't. Yeah. do that to everybody right yeah right so it's 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 i think that's like the biggest issue that we have in our generation right now is because we're so over with a lot of information now mm-hmm. that we get desensitized to it or it's easiest it's easier for us to be like uh irrelevant and relevant mm-hmm. in our life yes. kind of thing right canceled and <laughs> yeah exactly right and i think that's the that's the due diligence of what people have to do now especially our generation i think our generation is super smart like we're awesome, yeah. right? But at the same time, too, it comes with you know, it's like, it's it's faults. Like with great responsibility comes with like, you know, right? You know all that, <laughs> right? And so I think <laughs> Spider Man. Um, and I think that's that's just it. Is that we have to be due diligent, and obviously you have these social justice warriors, but you also have your friends as well too, who need to keep you accountable. Yes. Um, but just like you said, there is varying degrees, and like you have to do it in a manner that suits that degree, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think people forget that they like to just categorize it and put it in one. Because it's easier. easier. It's easier. It's easier. You don't think like, about it. Exactly. Yeah. That person's a racist. I don't ever have to talk about them again. Or that person's, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how people. And this is what I'm saying. Like, you know, with relationships and stuff like that. It's like, it's so easy for people to disregard pe- other people's relationships and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even with like the social media apps of like Tinder or Bumble, it's just like, swipe, swipe, swipe. Oh, I'm not going to talk to you. Uh, I'm done over this. Yeah. Next person. Mm-hmm. I think it's because like yeah. forgiving takes a lot of energy. Yes. Yeah. Forgiving people is like it takes work. something that you have to deal with on the inside. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that comes easy. No, but no. this is why I say, like, it's such a huge thing. Because as a nurse, I'm, I'm seeing this a lot as well, too. Yeah. Like, even at the ER, we're getting a lot of, like, you know, people with mental illnesses, right. you know, and issues. Like, it's popping up left okay. and right. Yeah, of course, because we're being more aware of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I think it's also the fact that, like, do people know how to cope 
with the issues that they're dealing with now. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone can state that they have depression. And yes, there are things that, you know, you have depression and that's valid, mm -hmm. right? But there are things that we can do to kind of help mediate that. But it's so, because of the fact that it's so easy to disregard things. And just like you said, it takes it so much easier to just disregard forget. people and forget <laughs> mm -hmm. rather than forgive. I don't think it's that easy. I think people still hold on to a certain degree of kind of pain that they have, but they tend to kind of just shy away from it. Right. You know, it's easier to forget, but definitely not easy to forgive, but yeah. you have to go through the process of it, you know? And I think that's, that's why there's such a influx of people dealing with a lot of mental illnesses, because I think we've disregarded the idea of what it's right to take care of our own mental health. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Have you... I think you kind of like hinted at this at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And if you're not comfortable talking about it, you don't have to. Have you dealt with your own mental illnesses within? Oh, yeah. Or like struggles? Mm-hmm. Um, I've dealt with like the very, very like long-standing like issue of depression. And I've had anxiety attacks frequently. Um, it's gotten less now. There are moments where I still feel that way. But and just like I said with everybody else, it's like understanding the coping mechanisms and kind of what the triggers are or... Um, just being able to be like, you know what, not today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step away and just give myself that space mm -hmm. to um, replenish my mental health. Mm -hmm. Just like your body is supposed to, you're supposed to work out or exercise or whatever, you know, to build your physical health and, 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 and create that uh, strength in it. It's the same thing with your mental health. It's like you have to consistently check yourself and be like, hey, okay, I'm going through this right now. Why am I going through this right now? Is this what the issues are? Mm -hmm. Let me take a breather. Let's take it one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been helping me a lot, but I'm still mm -hmm. in that like experience. I have a few friends that I call all the time. I'm like, listen, I'm going through this right now. Just listen. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you feel that has been related to your art currently or in the past, your mental health? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think um, my art is um, definitely helpful in terms of being able to express that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think working with different individuals and kind of collaborating with them and doing what I love to do um, helps that as well too but you just can't help it like there'll be moments where you just totally. feel you know down you out of the weather out of that hole sometimes. Yeah. exactly and yeah. you kind of just need to like alright I realize that I'm in this situation I realize that I'm feeling this way what can I do or if anything what should I focus on to help me get out of this or should I just feel this? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we just have to feel it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Are there certain things that you fall back on to recharge your mental health in that way? <clears throat> um, yeah, I think family has been really helpful. Uh, I moved back in with my family a few months ago. Uh, I lived with a roommate uh, back in downtown like a, about like six, seven months ago. Yeah. And m likewise, like it was good. I had somebody there. It was great to like have a friend and, and kind of just um, focus on myself and whatnot. But I find that my family is really a good support system. Mm -hmm. um, and that's helped me kind of like, you know, re-energize re myself. And if I need to just hang out with my niece and nephew, they're upstairs. I'm going to say hi to them. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and that Easy was... Easy energy. Exactly. <laughs> Exchange, right? Exactly, right? <laughs> and, and being able to be comfortable being alone too helps as well too. So there'll be moments where I kind of just try to just go for a walk and just feel... Like, yeah. feel what I'm feeling. Like, yeah, I'm going to be like, all right, I'm going to listen to sad, sad music. I'm going to feel this. <laughs> yeah. Don't shy away from it and just feel it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's t the thing about the feeling it, it takes mm -hmm. 
time. Like you have to like block time out to feel it. Like oh you have to block God, it, like yeah. at least a night and a day because like you're just, you can like cry all night, but then you're got like puffy eyes in the morning yeah. and you're like reliving it. Right. Yeah. It's so exhausting. <laughs> it's so exhausting, you know? And like, that's just the emotional energy that, that goes into it. There'll be days where I'm like, I don't want to do anything, you know, like, and it sucks to feel that way. And it sucks to, to have to go through that. But it's like, I mean, you have, you're going to go through it. Right? right. Why, why try to, to me, it's like, why try to victimize yourself or why to, why try to put yourself in a lower situation and be like, I'm a burden. No, this is what I'm going through. This is how I'm feeling. I need to, I need mm-hmm. to just give myself that space. Right. It's also super right. healthy to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. And to just try to push through. Yeah. Sorry, right. Do you say it's healthy to ignore it? No, it's not healthy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. I heard that it was too. And I was like, both of like I was crazy and I was like. <laughs> I thought you said right. it was, it's healthy to ignore it. No, no, no. I was like, it's not healthy yeah. to ignore it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Definitely not healthy. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely not healthy. Like, but it's okay. I think it's, yeah. I mean, even though we just joked about that, it's also okay to step away from it. Like, I think that like I can get really like I can do a downward spiral if I'm mm. like sad about like my dance or my art or whatever it is mm. and what recharges me the most is like going out with friends who like have nothing to do with that world yeah and, like, we just like like I have a group of girlfriends who I just like go out for dinner with like once a mm. month mm-hmm. and like we just like drink wine and eat and mm. like we just like don't talk about like work stuff it's just like it's not like it, it's not like it's like a something that we're like aware of it just like doesn't come up because we're like joking around and chatting right right right, right. And I feel like that like really fuels my mental health or it like helps recharge mm-hmm. my, mm-hmm. you know, my body. It probably yeah. also helps you realize that there is another part of your life. Totally. That's, you know, amazing and mm-hmm. great and adds so much value mm-hmm. yeah. that you're not just this one thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's hard to like not let your art like describe you or like what you do describe you. Yeah. And like envelop your life so much that it, when you lose it or when you, it's out of control you just are nothing Mm -hmm. yeah I think um I think what you said there was really really important for a lot of people who are listening to is that like just like you said like as an artist and and you're kind of just focusing on that as well too is that like there is the art life that you have Mm -hmm. but people are multiple like degrees of different things Mm -hmm. right you're not just um, an artist you're also a daughter you're also like you know you're, Mm -hmm. you're, you're you have different roles that you play in your life and if we, I guess you could say, invest so much in one aspect of that, then a part of you kind of disintegrates or gets lost. Right. And you feel that when you don't have that, your your identity is gone. Mm-hmm. Right. And just like you said, you need to recharge yourself. You go hang out with people who are not a part of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a, that's really important because you you know yourself. Okay, this is what triggered how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. How do I make sure that like I'm I'm gonna get myself out of it? So yeah, sometimes giving yourself that time and space. Yeah. Everyone I think has a different coping mechanism, but with what you're doing, it's very important. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, giving myself time to hang mm-hmm. out with my other friends that don't have anything to do with this mm-hmm. helps me. And being able to be aware of that is mm-hmm. really important. Right. Right. And it's 
I think that comes with age. I think mm. it comes with growing up because when you're young and you're just fresh out of school and you're so involved in your all, all you can think, sorry, so involved in your art, all you can think is like high risk, high reward, invest everything high and, and like <laughs> crash and burn if you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you just like realize you're like, like you kind of like you get yeah. older and you're just like, I can't invest that much anymore because it's just, it's not evening. It's not, it's not balancing me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, this is happening. Yeah. The exactly. waves of yeah everything. I think that's one of the reasons why I've like loved having a serving job for as long as I have. Totally. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though, even if I only do it once a week, once every two weeks, being able to like walk into a, to a place where I know exactly what I'm going to do. I hang out with people I enjoy and I leave and it's, I'm done with it. Mm-hmm, when I mm-hmm. clock out, I don't have to think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't have to talk about art or dance with those people for that six six eight yeah. hours. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're just like complaining about the people. Yeah, yeah. we're serving you know? these fucking assholes over here. <laughs> Send back another hundred dollar bottle of wine. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, it's just an, a way to like it's an escape in a way. Yeah. So it's uh, what did some people find dance as an escape? Take one class a week and yeah. For me, getting angry about making having to make you a fucking tea at twelve o'clock at night is my escape. Okay? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, I feel you. Actually, that's pretty interesting. So it's because like same thing with me as well too. It's like I have my nursing right. like you know friends and like the things that I deal with in, in terms of the um, emerge uh, aspect of it, and you, you you deal with so much shit there, right? Right, and you're just like fuck, man. Like um, you know, like crap, this happened, this happened, this happened. I had such a stressful day. And then I go home and I'm like working on photos or I'm like working with my dancer friends and whatever. I'm like, ah, okay. I don't have to think about this. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's good to have that like bouncing effect where you kind of just, all right, I don't even have to stress about this. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, I wouldn't say it's min- minuscule, but it's like you, you had that venting moment or you had that tough day, but it doesn't define like your rest of the no. day. No. Right. And so you have the other friends to kind of help. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's amazing. Is being an artist fucking killing you? Um, you know what? I mean, it, the, the, that question is, is, is pretty hilarious, but I would say that like, <laughs> um, no, it isn't. But hearing about uh, all the other stupid stuff that's happening around the art world, mm-hmm. yeah, that would probably kill me. Mm-hmm. But being an artist myself, I think, no, I, I, I'm happy with, with what I am and who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Thank awesome. you so much. No, thank you. Yes, Appreciate thank it. you so much. Thanks yeah. for listening, everyone. Follow us on all the social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Patreon. Go on iTunes, download us, uh, write a review, go on Spotify, and make sure you download us on there as well. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming. Yes. Thank you for having so me. Nice. Appreciate Anything it. you want to plug, by the way? Uh... Check out your Instagram page. Yeah, you can check out my Instagram page. Many dash shoots. Um, Just keep on the lookout. I'm going to definitely post up some other things as well, too. And again, I'm a big advocate for dancers, so I'll be showcasing some uh, beautiful individuals very shortly. Oh, yeah. Amazing.